Hello. This is Kenneth speaking. Um, today is Monday, July 11th. It's 11 a.m. I just wanted to talk about, um, like, thinking too much. Like, have you have you ever, like, um, felt too overwhelmed with, with thoughts? And it's just, it just makes you feel like nothing's working out. It doesn't feel like you're stable. Because you think you have no control over these thoughts. Um, I mean, most civilized people, they're like out of touch with reality because they confuse the world as it is with the world as they think about it and talk about it. And describe it. For on the other hand, there's the real world. And on the other side, there's a whole like system of symbols about that world which we have in our minds. <clears throat> you know, these are very, very useful symbols. All civilizations depend on them oh like all good things you know all good things they have are disadvantages and you know the principal disadvantage of symbols is that we confuse them with reality just as we confuse money with actual wealth and our names with ourselves our ideas of ourselves, our images of ourselves with ourselves. I mean, like, now, of course, reality from philosophers' point of view is a dangerous world, if you think about it. Because, like, a philosopher will ask me, what do, I, what do I mean by reality? Am I talking about the physical world of nature, or am I talking about the spiritual world, or what? And to that, I have a very simple answer. You know, when we talk about the material world, that is actually a philosophical concept. So in the same way, if I say that reality is spiritual, that's also a philosophical concept. And reality itself is not a concept. Reality is, and we don't give it a name. Now, it's amazing what doesn't exist in the real world. For example, like in the real world, there aren't any things nor are there any events. That doesn't mean to say that the real world is a perfectly featureless blank. It means that it is a marvelous system of wiggles in which we like describe things and events in the same way as we would.
it's like the same as we would project images on a raw shark or a or a pickout. Um, or pick out particular groups of stars in the sky. They call them like constellations as if they were separate groups of stars. Well, they're groups of stars in the mind's eye in our system of concepts. They are not like out there as constellations. Already grouped in the sky. So in the same way, the difference between myself and all the rest of the universe is nothing more than an idea. It is not a real difference. And meditation is the way in which we come to feel our basic inseparabilities from the whole universe. And what that requires is that we shut up. That is to say that we became interiorly silent, you know, and cease from the intermittent, what's the word? Interminable chatter, yeah. That goes on inside our skulls because you see most of us think compulsively all the time that is to say we speak ourselves i remember when i was a boy like when i was really small we had like a common saying talked it's about like you know talking to yourself is a sign of madness now obviously you know if i talk all the time i don't hear what anyone else has to say and so in exactly the same way if i think all the time that is to say if i talk to myself all the time i don't have anything to think about except thoughts and therefore i'm living entirely in the world of symbols and I'm not, I'm never in a relationship with reality. You know, that's the first basic reason for meditation, but there's, an, there's another sense, which is going to be a little bit more difficult to understand, but you know, it's going to be a little bit difficult to understand why we could say that meditation doesn't have a reason. Or it doesn't have like a purpose and in this like respect it's unlike almost all other things that we do except you know perhaps like making music and dancing because when we make music we don't do it you know what i mean like in order to reach a certain point such as the end of a composition if that were the purpose of music to get to the end of the piece then obviously the fastest players would be the best and so likewise when we are dancing we are not aiming to arrive at a particular place on the floor as we would be if we we're taking a journey when we dance the journey itself is the point you know what i mean because when we play music the playing itself is the point and exactly the same is true for meditation you know meditation is a discovery that the point of life is always like here or it's always arrived at the meta at like the immediate moment you know if you meditate for an ulterior motive that is to say to improve your mind to improve your character to be more like better or efficient in life 
you've got your eye on the future and you're not meditating because the future is like a concept. It doesn't exist. doesn't exist as the proverb says tomorrow never comes there's no such thing as tomorrow there there never will be because time is always now you know the saying right like there's only now it's there's no tomorrow there's no yesterday and that's one of the things we discover when we stop you know talking to ourselves and stop thinking we find there's only a present only an eternal now so it's funny then isn't it that one meditates for no reason at all no it's, it's like funny because you know isn't it that one meditates for no reason at all except we could say that for the enjoyment of of that and here I would like interpose the essential principle that meditation is supposed to be fun it's not something you do as a grim duty the trouble with like religion as we know it is that it is so mixed up with grim duties we do it because it's good for you it's kind of of self-punishment you know if you do something accidental you still considered like a sin and i'm not trying to insult any religious people but you know well meditation when correctly done has nothing to do with all that you know it's like it's a kind of digging the present it's a kind of grooving with the eternal now and it brings us into a state of peace where we can understand that the point of life the place where it's at, it's simply here and now. And you. The point of life is the attitude that you give on the moment. All right, hold on. I'm going to just do like a little. Like a little food rating before I leave this here. Hold on.
So shout out to Cheesecake. Cause it's like it's like a dessert that's like consisting of one or more layers. You know, there's like the main layer, the thickest, the layer, you know, it consists of a mixture of like a soft, fresh cheese, eggs, and sugar <laughs> on it. And there's like a bottom layer. It most often like consists of a crust or a base made from crushed cookies, crackers, you know, Graham crackers. I don't know how to pronounce that. Graham, Graham. Um, pastry or sometimes like a sponge cake. It's interesting because like for like years ago, like over 4,000 years ago, the ancient like Greeks on the island of like Samos or something created the earliest known cheesecake. It was like made, it was like rumored to be made with like patties of fresh cheese that were then pounded smooth with like flour and honey and stuff. It's cool. It's good because you could store it in like your freezer for like five to seven days. Unless like the packaging label specifies a shorter period, but when it comes to like you making it yourself, like homemade cheesecake, you usually don't want to keep it refrigerated for longer than like five days because I don't know. It's like, I don't know, not professionally made compared to you. I don't know. So they're not, you know, you're not really dedicated to doing that like most of the time to earn money. So I guess you have like some degree of like disadvantages. <laughs> 